Romans chapter 13, verse 1. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Divine setup number four. Your job is to obey and leave the rest to the Lord. This is Sean and the Word. Hey, God bless you, man. It is always good to be with you. I'm thankful for this opportunity to be able to, to, to share what God has done in my life over the years through testimony. And uh, we're talking about divine exchange, divine exchange number four. And this is really about learning to submit to authority. And this is one of the best lessons that the Lord had really begun to teach me. Uh, I was a youth pastor at this time. It was 2003, uh, the, the, the fall of 2003. The youth ministry was ex- growing extraordinary. God was beginning to touch lives and change hearts of these young people. And they were really getting in the Word. I was watching how they were growing getting in the Word, and God was really beginning to do a special work in their life. And then something happened. But I want to talk to you about some some submission. And really, I struggled with submission, you know, not having a dad, being awful in school, being the biggest guy, you know, the strongest guy. It was hard for me to understand submission and understand authority and rule, you know, because I thought because I was the biggest and the strongest that I set the standard, I set the rule or the authority because I was the strongest, you know, or I was able to beat up anybody or however I felt. I just had struggled with submitting. Titus chapter 3 verse 1 says, Remind them to be subject to rulers, to authorities, and to be obedient, to be ready for every good work. And First Peter, Peter says this as well, Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to a king as the one in authority or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right. God's definitely wanting to teach us what it means to to be submissive to those who are in authority over us, whether it be in pastoral authority, whether it be in family relationships, or whether it be in the community, or whether it be in your secular businesses or in school. But to learn that, that, that God places authority over us and he allows us to, to submit to that authority. As I told you earlier, I really struggled with this. But in 2003, the fall, I believe that I had to really begin to learn how to submit to authority. At this time, I was uh, a laborer and my, the guy that was in charge of the job that we were working at in, in Port Orange at, at the Halifax Medical Center doing the air conditioning and duct work, working with fair and service and contracting. I was really learning to submit to his leadership. And also, uh, being back in school at that time, I was doing the community college. I was learning to submit to the professor and what they were asking at the time. I was also the youth pastor of a church. I was learning to submit to the church, learning to submit to the leadership of the church and to the pastor. I was learning submission. But God wanted to really put me on a fast track, and it's easy to submit when everything's you know going smooth and 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 just easy, and everything's representing the Lord. It's easy to submit to that type of leadership or authority. 
But God was wanting to teach me the biblical sense of submission. The, the Greek word that's used for submission in all three of these passages that I shared in, in the New Testament is hypotasso, which is simply mean to be placed in order or to place under and in an orderly fashion. So let me say it again. To place in order, meaning like in line, uh, one behind another, or to place under in an orderly fashion. The key is that it does not happen naturally, but, that it, but it is done intentionally. To be placed in order, as the Bible would say, uh, authority comes from the Lord, so it's only a natural, logical sense that if God places a th- places those in position of authority, that he also must also put those who are under them in their places of submission. So God's not only establishing authority, but he's also establishing submission, those who would be underneath that authority. So if he is designated and designed for one, he is also designated and designed for the other. Just as he has placed the, those who are in leadership over us, he has also placed us under their leadership. And he's desired for us to be placed in submission under their leadership, to be placed in line. We look throughout Scripture. Uh, how many leaders in Scripture were not the easiest to follow? <laughs> they, they were either wicked or destructive. I mean, just looking at the book of Daniel alone, you see that it speaks often about the wicked rulers and the kings that were placed over the people of God. I mean, they had put the people of God in captivity. But yet, throughout that book, you continually see what's highlighted, not the wickedness of the kings so much as the submission of the people of God. Now, there were some times where the people of God couldn't fully submit. They had to go with the Lord, and the Lord delivered them. The Lord kept them. The Lord protected them and reminded those who were in authority over them, hey, God's in charge. You need to watch out who you mess with. (laughs) Amen. But all the way throughout the Bible, we see testimony after testimony of the people of God recognizing the authority that has been placed over them and them understanding their position as being placed under that authority and submit into that authority. As described, as described earlier, they were placed in an orderly fashion after the authority or after the leaders that was over them. Yes, there are given parameters that, that once the, that authority infringes on the Lord, on the, on the Lord's word, or on your relationship to the Lord, or in, in stopping you from being fully obedient to the Lord, yeah, then there should be some questions that we need to really bring up and, and offer to the Lord saying, hey, what, how do you want me to handle this, God? These people are over me. They're, they're infringing on the parameters of our relationship with you, of your word, how do you want me to react? How do you want me to respond? And you see people do that all the way throughout Scripture. I've had to do it in my own life. You know, God, how do you want me to respond? But I want us to look at the life of David and how God used a divine setup in order to teach David several spiritual principles that he would be able to apply throughout his entire life. And we're going to look at a clip of it in 1 Samuel chapter 24, verses 5 through 8. It says, It came about afterward that David's conscience bothered him because he had cut off the edge of Saul's robe. So he said to his men, Far be it from me because of the Lord that I should do this thing to my Lord. 
the Lord's anointed, to stretch out my hand against him. Allow then them to arise up against Saul, oh, excuse me, and since he is the Lord's anointed, David persuaded his men with these words and did not allow them to rise up against Saul. And Saul arose and left the cave and went on his way. Now afterward, David arose and went out to the cave and called after Saul, saying, My lord the king. And when Saul looked behind him, David was bowed down with his face to the ground, and he prostrated himself. So in this episode of, of, in 1 Samuel 24, Saul had been chasing David for years at this point. This, it's notated that there's fifth, this is the 15th time that Saul actually tried to kill David. 15 times up to this point, Saul had every intention to kill David. David and his men were up in northern Israel, up in near the uh, Mount Carmel area, the Rose of Sharon, hallelujah. <laughs> but they were in the north part of the country, and at this point in, in their journey, they had made it all the way down towards the southern region in the Negev and Engedi, uh, the Negev and Judean Desert. Now, this is a mountainous terrain. It was It's rough. It's desolate. I mean, there's... It's just it's barren, to say the least. It's, a, it's what we would call a mountainous desert. There's nothing. But the region of Engedi was is considered an oasis. Even today, if you were to take a trip toward Israel, you would pass, going down to the Dead Sea, you would pass the Engedi, which is simply a, a spring coming out from the rocks and flowing down the mountain into a valley. And... You see many waterfalls, lots of pools, many waterfalls, and it's beautiful. The whole area is full of death. There's no life. Uh, there's some wild animals and stuff, but there's not a lot of vegetation. There's not a lot of water. There's no shade, none of that. But in this area, it's very lush. It's an oasis in the midst of a desert. And this is where David and his men had gathered. And now Saul had came to this place looking for them, had heard that he was there, and he had came looking for him. And it says that Saul went into the cave to relieve himself. This could have many uh, connotations, really what the word is, to cover his feet. He could be sleeping. He could be using the bathroom. Whatever he's doing, he's in there. He's a setting duck. David and his men are in the are in the same region, in the same area, and they hear about Saul coming in. And they look to David. David's men looks to him and says, Now look, the Lord has given your enemy into your hands. Now's your chance, David. Go take what is yours, man. You can do it. Go do this. And David sneaks into the cave, and he cuts the, 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 the tip of Saul's clothing off. And when he does that, he comes back out, and it says in verse 5 where we read from that David's conscience bothered him. It was real, it penetrated his heart. It was something that was deep within him. That goes to tell you that not everything that, that people says is from the Lord. That even when they try to make it sound as spiritual as possible, or even as if it's from the Lord, it does not mean that it's from God. The lesson at this point is just because the masses are screaming something that sounds good, 
doesn't mean it's from the Lord. Listen to me again. Just because the masses are pushing and pointing towards something that sounds good, that can be agreeable, that even may sound like it's from God, it does not mean it's from God. And David had to learn. David, he this time, he got caught up in the flesh. He, 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 he kind of was peer pressured into doing it. But as soon as he got done in verse 5, it says his conscience was bothering him. The Holy Spirit came to David and is like, what are you doing? The Holy Spirit pulls up the word of the Lord. This is the Lord's anointed, and you shall not raise your hand against the anointed of the Lord. David is undone. He even he's so undone, and it's it's his guys are ready to attack, his guys are ready to get this thing over with, but they see this this movement in David's heart and his mind that it persuaded the men not to even touch Saul. But David leaves from there and he goes and he repents. He repents by prostrating himself before Saul. David learned a lesson that day that would carry with him for the rest of his life, the lesson of submitting to authority. You see, I'm a firm believer. You can never be in true leadership or a place of authority until you first learn the lesson of how to submit to authority. And God's preparation for David becoming the king, David had to learn submission. Mm -mm. If, if the authority is placed by God, the submission is also those who are under that authority is placed by God. Submission is our choice. Mm -mm -mm. David had to learn that lesson. And so David, all, David learned not everything people says and scream is from the Lord. David also learned that, hey, you need to learn to submit to authority. And so David was broken over this, and he goes back to apologize to Saul. And you see David's heart here. He's going to lay at the feet of the man who's been pursuing him and that 15 times previously had an opportunity to kill him. David basically goes and surrenders just to make it right, just to make it right, not with Saul but with God. David risked everything of losing everything, even his own life, for the sake to make it right with God. You can see David's heart. Now you know why he's considered a man after God's own heart. David's like, Lord, my life is not worth anything if I'm walking in opposition to your word and to what you want for me. And so David goes and submits himself humbly to the king. Mm -mm -mm. So I was a youth pastor at this time, and Brother Jim Dixon taught me so much about pastoring, sharing the Word of God, about ministry, about the gospel, about being faithful. I mean, he was just an amazing man of God, means the world to me. Uh, one day when we get to heaven, we're going to, Victory in Jesus, which sounds just like and we're going to sing it together. Hallelujah. Slap five. And, you know, it's just amazing. I'm, I can't wait that day until I see Brother Jim Dixon in heaven again. 
But at this season, 2003, we're getting close to Christmas. We're in December. The youth are growing, but they wasn't coming to church on Sunday mornings. And I really kept asking. I mean, we were having up to 60 kids on, on Wednesday nights and Friday nights. I had my own worship services on Friday nights, and I wanted them to come to church on Sunday to be a part of the church. And that their whole thing was, man, we don't like the music. You know, it's like being in a... <laughs> A dirge, you know, it's just not good. It's not good to listen to, not good to sing. We don't know how to sing, you know, 1611 King James English. It was hard for them. And I get it. And um, I went to Pastor Jim and I said, Pastor Jim, uh, would it be okay if we could, you know, maybe change a couple of the songs for the services to gear towards the kids, the younger generation? You know, not all of it, just maybe start singing one or two choruses to kind of, you know, make it for everybody. And what he said shook me to the core. And still today, I really don't think that that was his heart. I just think the way that he said it, it just shook me. Because I look, Brother Jim, in the world to me. And he looks at me and he says, Sean, youth don't pay the tithes. And I said, what does that mean? He says, well, we need to sing the songs of the people that tithe. And even now, I am just started crying. And I'm like, yeah, but they're souls, and they matter. And I, I, I left that, the church that day, and I went home, and I said, you know, I just was broken. I mean broken. It was like the life was out of me. And so for over two weeks, you know, I didn't, we didn't have youth. I didn't go to the church. I was broken, 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 broken. I ended up getting really sick and, and, uh, I mean, I was pneumonia. I got pneumonia. I mean, I was a very healthy young man, ended up getting pneumonia and couldn't breathe that good. And I was like, man, something's not right. And one night the Holy Spirit woke me up in the middle of the night and told me, to fast for three days. And I'm like, man, I'm sick. How am I going to fast for three days? And I'm right before, it was right before Christmas. And I remember praying and fasting for three days. And on the third day, the third day, me and Brother Henry was praying at lunch. And uh, on the third day in the car, he looks at me and says, in order for you to be in leadership, you need to learn submission to leadership. You need to go back. Let God deal with him. You obey. You obey and let the Lord deal with the rest. That was a word from heaven. I called Brother Jim and went and seen him and talked to him. I repented. I said, Brother Jim, please forgive me for rising or rebelling against your authority. Please forgive me. You're the shepherd of this house. Forgive me. Forgive me. And I'll never forget after that, a couple of days later, I was at the church mowing the yard, and some of the leaders came up to me, and they said, Hey, Sean, Sean, we really love to hear you preach. We really want you to start preaching more. Do you think you would be okay with preaching once or twice a week, twice a month. And I'm like, you know, I thought they had talked to the pastor about it. 
And I said, man, I was so excited. I said, yeah, I would love to preach. Absolutely. That's my, yes. And they said, okay, good, 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 good. Well, I went home and I was praying and the Lord told me, hey, <laughs> that's not, that's not right. But I'm like, no, no, they want me to preach. They want, they want to listen to me and I want to preach. And I want, and I felt the Lord tell me to go talk to Brother Jim. So I went to Brother Jim's house again and I said, Brother Jim, this is what's happened. They invited me to preach. They invited me to be a part, you know, more for two Sundays out of the month. And he just sat there with the air out of him. And he says, are you kidding? And I said, no, sir. And I told him, I said, I won't do it. I've learned a lesson these past two and a half, three weeks that you're my, you're the under shepherd of the Lord. I'm to submit to you. I will not cause division. I will not be a part of anything like that. And what was happening that brother Jim kind of felt it on his, on his flesh. He started to try to deal with it in the flesh. But what was happening is there was an uproar within the body of believers. And he was, he felt it and he tried to deal with it in the flesh and handling the flesh. But God, the enemy wasn't going to use me. I didn't allow the enemy to use me because I learned submission. I learned what God's rule of law is. Submit to those who are in authority over you. And because I learned that, I've also learned to be in authority, to be in charge, to be over others. What's God teaching you today? What's God putting in front of you now? Does it feel like you're kicking against the goads? Does it feel like you're, you're, you're screaming and hurting and trying to rebel against the very things that God has set over you in the very place that God has put you and against the ones he has put you under? You need to learn as, as David learned as the apostles learn, as many men and women of, of God throughout the history have learned. Let everyone be subject to those who are in authority. For there is no authority except that which has been given and established by God. For all authorities that exist have been established by God. Our job is to obey and submit. And leave the rest to the Lord. Father, we love you and we thank you. Lord, you tell us to not only submit to those who are over us, but to pray for them. And God, I pray that, Lord, as obedient children of your gospel, of your truth, of your life, God, that we would not only submit, that we would pray for and look to be a blessing to everyone that you've placed over us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. God bless you all the way. See you again next time on Sean and the Word.